Welcome to the Sermon B-Side Podcast, a podcast of Liberty Church in the Harrisburg region of Central Pennsylvania. Sermon B-Side is designed to be a resource to answer your questions and to go deeper into the conversation started by each week's sermon. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another week of the Liberty B-Side Podcast. My name is Steve King. Alongside me is Matt Luloyan. Matt, happy Monday morning. Welcome to another episode of the B-Side Podcast. Thanks, Steve. Yeah, it's a good Monday morning. Um, we had a great Sunday yesterday getting to welcome 15 yes. people into Covenant. Yes. Uh, getting to baptize uh, our friend Xavier. And um, it was just a joyful Sunday. So um, It was. It was nice to just kind of soak that in and uh, and kind of pause and just thank God for the, the good work that he's been doing in our midst. Yeah, it was great to see... Um, We've had some big in covenant classes, right? Some big groups of people joining yeah. a membership, and it's just great to to hear. We call them the snapshots because, well, I mean, it's, it's not like we came up with that term, but it's just, it's called the snapshot. And revolutionary, it's revolutionary. We have <laughs> changed the way churches are welcoming people into their midst, and we have these things called snapshots. Bear with me. Uh, no, so it's great to hear snapshots, and it's just this little like the little bit of stories that that we just get to hear on those Sunday mornings. And we oftentimes get to be people that know more of the story. Yeah. As elders yeah. of the church, we get to know a lot more about the people coming into covenant. That's true. Um, but it's always great to hear kind of just them, them simply restated, right? Yep. It just kind of just um, turns your heart toward the new people of our church. And hopefully it's a great prompt and a door kind of for people to walk through, get to know each other better and share more of the story. So I just love hearing it. It's yeah, great. likewise. And it's also especially helpful to kind of, Carry that joy into Monday when the sump pump breaks. And yes, it doesn't, doesn't pump the water out of the baptismal. So we baptized Xavier. So Xavier was baptized yesterday, and yeah. so we had to fill up the um, now the baptismal. The baptismal. Yeah. What did Mike? Mike, another of our elders yesterday, he, he called, called it, it the baptistry. The baptistry. But he's he is from a Baptist background, so okay. like he like the baptistry. I feel like is like an actual built in okay thing. Yeah, baptismal is maybe. I don't know. Maybe yeah. there's official technical When he terms. said that, I was like, man, I got a lot to learn from Mike. Yeah. Right? And we know that, of course. But um, ours is portable. Yeah. So we, we moved it out. Moved it on out. On Friday. Yep. Yep. Right? Filled it up. Yep. Um, and uh, went to empty it this morning. The sump pump is not working. It is not. So, so we will have, we do have a perm. We do have a, Mike was, Mike was prophetic. We do have a baptistry now. It's permanent. Yes, we do. It's, it's permanent. <laughs> so if anybody's looking to get baptized next Sunday, it'll Any probably day. still be there. Any day. Any day you want. It's always yeah. there now. And um, yeah, if you, yeah, we'll. Uh, we'll get the water out of there. Yeah. We'll figure out a way. Uh, but kids, bring your buckets on kids, Sunday. It's, that's right. It's kids, bring your bucket day. Um, and we'll just empty it out. So, uh-huh. well, Matt, we were in uh, continuing our series in First John yesterday, and you preached uh, for us First uh, John two fifteen through seventeen. Yeah. So give us um, give us the recap, kind of the summary of the, the message from yesterday. Yeah. So John um, last week was this great interlude of encouragement. Where John just nothing to do, um, no commands. Right. Just here's some beautiful truth for you to enjoy as the people of God. And Greg did a great job preaching through that. Uh, on either side, we have commands. The the new command to love, which is not a new command, but is a new command. That was a couple weeks ago. Yesterday, uh, John says there in verse 15 of First John 2, "Do not love the world or the things in the world." And then he goes on to unpack the reasons why. So yeah. that was following that. That was the sermon yesterday. Um, talking about three things, an exclusive choice um, that we have, you know, there's a lot of decisions in life that are both and, but this is a mutually exclusive either or choice. You can either love God or love the world. Uh, The second point being an evil cause that these things that are in the world are not from the father. 
they come from the enemies of, of mm. our soul, which is our flesh, our sinful nature, uh, the world, which are uh, the systems that persist in rebellion against God and the devil, Satan. Mm-hmm. Um, so we talked about where those things come from and then unpacked in verse 16 there, uh, the three weapons that those enemies use, which are the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, and the pride of life or pride in possessions, depending on how your your translation um, translates that. Yep. So uh, that was the second point. And then in, in eternal contrast, John closes this, this section in verse 17, um, saying that, the world is passing away along with its desires, but whoever does the will of God abides forever. So that there really is some, one of these things lasts and one of these things does not. Yeah. And so to align our lives with what, with what lasts. Yeah. Yeah. Really good. Um, we didn't have any questions come in. No. So, I mean, I guess we just completely covered every question that could possibly have been asked. Done. Done. Another perfect sermon, right? <laughs> we're, we're always keeping a tally. Yeah. Um, add, yeah. Add one more. Ring the bell. No, I, I tend to go the opposite way. I tend to think like when we get no questions, I'm like, that was just way too con- No one even knows where to start. Right. Sure. Right. It was such a mess. We came and asked a question. Right. right. Yes. Yeah. Um, I thought it was a good sermon. Just like uh, there's some things that maybe just get into, right? Some sure. Ways we can think about how to set up Bible studies well, but... Um, you did a good job of um, kind of getting into what do we mean by the world, mm-hmm. right? Because there's something there that could feel counterintuitive um, about, you know, it's like you referenced John 3.16, for God so loved the world, yep. right? And so how do we how do we create that contrast again? What, what does John mean about what the world is versus what we can also appreciate about the world generally? Yeah, you have to read that the world in context, uh, in, in even like not just book to book or author to author, but even the same authors in the same book use that word meaning different things. So yeah. John even said earlier in chapter two that Jesus is the propitiation not only for our sins but also for the sins of the whole world. Right. He's saying like there's there's so, there's a way that we are supposed to love the world, and there's a way that God certainly loves the world. John three sixteen. Yep. Um, then there so. You know, the, the scholars debate this too. Like John is either using a different definition of the meaning world or he's using a different different definition of the meaning of the word love. Mm. <laughs> so there's different kinds of love and there's different definitions for the word world. And maybe both are at play here uh, in John's letter. But when John is referring to the world here in these verses, he's he's clearly referring to the the systems, um, people that that you know that that persist in rebellion. Uh, against God, yeah, that that are essentially it's it's set up as a juxtaposition of there's the kingdom of God and there's the kingdom of this world where Satan exercises his dominion, and you can only love one of those things. So we are to love the world in the way that God loves the world in the redemptive sense of we want we we want to care about people deeply and specifically we want them to come to know the love yep. of God most clearly expressed in the finished work of Jesus. Right. Um, we should love the world that way. We should not love the world in the sense of devoting ourselves to the dominion where Satan exercises his authority and influence, where right. Satan has power. Um, that's where it's mutually exclusive. You can't love that world and love the Father. Yeah, yeah. It's even um, you know Satan's called kind of the ruler, the ruler of this world, the ruler of the age. Mm-hmm. And there's a way in which you go, not really. Like Satan is only ruling insofar as God has not yet returned. Christ is not yet returned yep. and God to, to exhibit his full authority over all of his creation. Yeah. So Satan is both in charge and not in charge yeah. at the same time. So, but it's clear that like, he is the ruler of this world. So there's something about yep. this world that Satan is in control of 
And that's what we are not to love. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I, thought that, I thought that was just a, it was a good um, kind of explanation, some context there at the beginning. It, it can be confusing if not to, to parse out like, well, I thought I was supposed to love the yeah. world. We even say and sing in various songs, um, you know, loving the world but hating the dark. There's, yeah. a, there's a way to love the people, all the people of the, the, the various tongues and tribes and nations of the world. We are to love the yeah. world. Um, but we are not to love the world, the systems that are allied against God. So we, you know, when we sing the song, um, take this world, give me Jesus, mm-hmm. we're referring to that. We're referring to the systems and structures that are allied uh, against God and the things of God. Yeah. So even the way we sing that sometimes, you have to think about which definition of the world are we are we incorporating into this song? Because in yeah. some ways we're not, we're seeking to not, we're saying singing truths about not loving the world. Right. In other, in other songs we're singing about, about loving the world. Right. So it's just a, it's just a good one of those. It's one of those words to always, to always kind of go, okay, which, which meaning is, is applicable here. Right. And usually it's not too difficult. As long as you know that there's those two meanings and you back up a little bit, you can kind of see, yeah. Um, where the author in scripture is, is taking it and right. going, okay, this is clearly that, that version of the world versus right. this one. Right. Same yeah. with flesh. Flesh is a great mm, addition yeah. and shows up in this text. Sometimes, um, flesh does mean our physical bodies. Like it just right. mean, and which is something that God created as good. So the flesh in that sense is a good gift of God to be enjoyed, to be stewarded and used well. A lot of the times in scripture, flesh is a shorthand way of referring to our sinful nature. That's right. Not good. The part of us that persists in rebellion against God. Right. Um, and we need to put that to death. Yeah. So we should not put our physical bodies to death. <laughs> that would not be the right application of that. Right. We should put our sinful nature to death. Yeah. So that even in all of these, maybe just something about the enemies of God, there's just, you know, they all have multiple meanings and you gotta, yeah. you know. Well, it takes some discernment and, there's errors that we want to avoid. So like, for sure, we don't want to become dualists, right? Like just right. go like, okay, wait, no, we'll put, put the flesh to death. Yeah. Flesh is the issue. No, no, no. God has actually made us as created beings. Yeah. Our physical bodies matter yeah. to the point of them being resurrected someday. Yeah. Right. There's something, so there's something that God calls really good about his creation. There's also something that has been corrupted in God's creation over which Satan and, the, and sin are, are in control. Yeah. So we need to discern that. Yeah. That's yeah. right. I loved, um, I, I appreciated the way, you were talking about in, in the evil cause, um, Satan and the world, right, uh, and the flesh, they battle against us as enemies. Yeah. Um, and you said that they cannot create a new thing, but they can only take something that's been created and corrupt it. Yep. Maybe just, uh, can you just expound on that again, remind us of that point and kind of why that was in the message? Yeah, I, I kind of, I, I really felt like I wanted to try to give practical ways of combating these things. And I think the most common way that we tend to combat the desires of the eyes, the desires of the flesh and the pride and possessions is, is only through the grid of self denial and self control. Mm. Yep. Put those things down, put them to death, uh, which is an important part of of following Jesus. An important part of discipleship is self, it's a self control is a fruit of the spirit. Um, Jesus says, take up your cross and follow me. There's a, you know, unless you deny yourself and take up your cross and follow me, you can't, you can't follow me. Um, so, um, so self-denial, self-control are really important, um, tactics of, mm-hmm. of fighting against love for the world and these desires and this pride that John's describing here. But I think that's only half of the, the way that we actually combat this. And the other half is to actually replace love for the world with deeper love for the father. That there, there there's something that only more, um, more and deeper love for the father can drive out. We, we can't, um, 
we can't just try to say no to the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes without saying yes to something better. Yeah. So I was trying to trying to get into that a little bit in a relatively short period of time by saying the best that these enemies can offer when they tempt us to love the world is this counterfeit, this corruption of something that God has has a better version of that <laughs> yeah. he created. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I use the analogy of like, it's gorging yourself on 7-Eleven taquitos when there's this incredible meal that's been offered to you. And you're like on the way to the feast and you're like, ah, I'm going to grab some taquitos from 7-Eleven. It's like, why would you ever do that? Um, <laughs> why? I mean, we could get a 7-Eleven <laughs> spokesperson here and they could offer another perspective. We have not Listen, given them a voice. I'm just mad. Seven, like Sheets is my sponsor now. Seven, I'm just like, really, I'm, I was taking sponsorship. 7-Eleven said no. I just right. felt like I had to go after them yesterday. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, it's so that's that's the analogy is that yeah. really what sin tempts us with um, is not actually like like we have this misconception that God is like wanting less joy for us that there's a better more joyful more satisfying life apart from God than in yeah. God yep. and and that's how the flesh and the eyes and pride hooks into that narrative and tempts us in that direction and says man you just have such a more fun enjoyable life if you would love the world the world's yeah. better yeah and i was trying to just kind of walk through these pieces in first john 2 and say it's really not and all they're they're offering you the corruption when you actually are offered the good creation instead. yeah yeah i thought it was well it's, it was it's been a helpful um realization for me in my life to recognize that that Oftentimes, when we find where the corruption is, so if it's a, if it's, if it's just something in our heart or or, or behavior, a, a sin that we're acting on, and I think you kind of referenced this in, in another part of the sermon, like look a little deeper yep. into that because yep. there's actually it's kind of like you're on to something, right? It's like where the corruption yep. is because Satan is not able to create. I really believe this. I don't think that Satan can create new things. He can yeah. create up the corrupt the things of creation when we're in sin. And it's not right. I'm not to say that we're not complicit in our sin. We right. are. Right. It's just that when we're complicit in our sin, actually look a little deeper there and go, oh, there's something that is really maybe good at the heart of yep. he, something that's been crushed. Not to move, you know, that we're complicit. Yep. It's not to say, like, oh, there's something really good, but like we just made an error. It's a mistake. It's like, no, no, we are. We are completely responsible for our sin, but it's this corruption um, yeah. that, that we can see a little bit deeper into and go, oh, wait a second. There's something there that God has called good. Yep. You know, so whether it is, you know, if we if we think about, um, you know, use the example of like gorging ourselves, well, there's something really good about the body being nourished with good food. Absolutely. And there's something really good. That's why scripture talks about, you know, uses bread and water, right? So yeah. frequently refer to the spirit filling us. Like we need bread and water. There's good gifts from God. Yeah. You know, any one of us that would find ourselves, um, you know, the, 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 the lust of the flesh, Yeah. you know? And so like, well, there's something really good there that God has created for intimacy and, yeah. and being known and care and yeah. even sex itself. And so there's these yeah. really good things that God has created. And Satan corrupts them. For sure. And so when we find ourselves, it's even, I think an error can be when we find ourselves in dissatisfaction or in sin to just close off these parts of life. Like, oh, wait, I need to like remove that completely yep. from my life. It's yep. actually, no, wait, restore yep. something there that, that that Satan has corrupted. Yeah. That's that's oftentimes, that's the better healing is finding the restoration of the thing. Fine. And, th- and this, is a, this is a truth that people throughout the ages, Christians throughout the ages, have put their finger on in, in a really impactful way. There's a famous old quote, I'm trying to remember who said it, that 
you know, the, the man who, any man who knocks on the door of a whorehouse is looking for God. Yeah, sure. Um, and then you've got C.S. Lewis saying like, our desires are not too strong. They're too weak. We're yeah. too easily satisfied. That's he right. talks about the, the famous mud pies yep. in a slum when there's yep. a holiday. At I just tried to look up one from J.C. Ryle. Came to yeah, mind. He's got, oh, that he's got, was. he's got a real good one about it. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's a bunch that, you know, Thomas Chalmers, the, the Scottish, the Scottish minister several centuries back, a couple centuries back, uh, he wrote a whole paper called The Expulsive Power of a New Affection. And the idea that the human heart is longing for something that you, the only way to get rid of the corruption of the love for the world is by setting your affections on something better. That you can't, you can't yeah. just Correct. say no. Yeah. You can't, like self-denial, um, is not, in, is not a, is not effective enough right. to fight sin in our lives. We have to expel the love for the world and the love for those sinful things with deeper love and something more. Yeah. We can't just create a vacuum. Something's going to fill the vacuum, nope. fill the vacuum with a good thing. Yeah. He talks yeah. about how violent that is yeah. for the human heart. Cause we are made to long for things. We're made to set That's our right. affection on, on God and on the gifts, you know, that on, on him, most of all in his glory. But in, and you've got maybe in the modern, in the modern uh, iteration of this, you've got, you know, uh, you've got like guys like John Piper with desiring God and, and enjoying God forever yeah. and finding your, like, so you've, Throughout throughout the the years um, throughout the ages of uh, of Christian thought and uh, and discipleship, you have people putting their finger on this reality that we, and so I think that's that's a, that's encouraging to me, and I think that'd be a great place to go with Bible study discussion groups. Yeah, is take us there. Um, how do you combat these places where the world is still appealing? Mm-hmm. You do have to exercise self denial and self control, uh, but you also need to look deeper as to what you're actually longing for there and find how God is holding out an offer for deeper satisfaction for you yeah, and not, not stop short of, of the, of the real desire that your heart has. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. So I would say that's, and that's in the discussion questions that are on that mm-hmm. Google doc that, that you have out for us, Steve. Um, you know, when experiencing desires of the flesh, ask, what am I really desiring? Uh, when experiencing desires of the eyes, ask, what are my eyes really meant to see? Because our eyes are this incredible gift from God that are meant to take in. You know, the word behold is used a ton of times throughout the Old and New Testaments. Like you're, we're meant to behold things and to see the imprint of our creator in what our eyes take in. Yeah. Um, some of the, the tactics, you know, especially in combating lust, for example, there's a famous, you know, relatively famous in recent history um, book that, that, that the main tactic it, it used was to like called averting the eyes or bouncing the eyes. It's like right. when you look at someone that you're prone to, to be lustful towards, look away. And it's like there's, there's a self-control and self-denial aspect to that that sometimes I just need to not keep looking back for multiple glances at this thing that I know I'm indulging in my flesh. Yeah. But the idea there is you can't just, you can't just try to close your eyes off to, to beauty. You've got to find, the right appropriate expression to take in beauty as God intended it. Yeah. And as God intended you to perceive beauty in the world. Yeah. Um, so, so just averting your eyes or closing your eyes can't be your, your the entirety of your approach to, right. to how to fight that. And then when experiencing pride in possessions or pride of life, you know, asking yourself, what can I possibly add to all that God has already said about me and given to me? So I, I would just say, maybe take, you know, for each of each person in your group or however much time you have, um, whoever would be willing to kind of open that up and say, here's where I'm, here's where I experienced that. Here's where the world's still appealing to me. Here's where I experienced one of those three things, help them kind of unpack how they can combat that present day actively in their life through both self-denial and self-control, but also finding what their heart is really longing for in that. Yeah. That's good. Well, thanks for preaching yesterday. That's, those are good. That's a good summary and prompts for our Bible study groups this week. 
Um, any final thoughts? I mean, that was good. Good close. But anything else before we end no, today's I, show? No, I don't think so. I, I think this is um, John just just gets into something in a very brief way here that I think is a massive has massive implications for discipleship. Yeah. So, um, you know, in, in a way, it would have been really helpful to kind of take even a week and do you know, a whole sermon on one of each of these and kind of mm. dive more deeply into it. Sure. We, we rarely have the luxury to do that. So I would just say, um, if that's a brand new grid for you, the idea that we actually fight sin by pursuing deeper joy and deeper love in God, mm-hmm. um, then I would just really invite people to like speak into your life in that, in that way. Um, and walk, and as you even pursue accountability with each other in Bible study groups or other relationships with Christians, um, bring this into the grid of the accountability stuff that you pursue there. Yeah. Um, and maybe in addition to that, the other piece would be, cause this would be worth unpacking further too. I, I got to this just at the very conclusion, but um, so much of the Christian life and so much of, of, a, of an active desire to fight against the, the love for the world and sin in our lives comes down to really, do I, do I trust that God's way is, is the most yeah. joyful and most satisfying? Yeah. Yep. Uh, that was a pivotal change for me growing up in a Christian home, but still being envious and jealous of like the way other people lived. Cause it just looked more fun. Yeah. And that's still where my heart goes sometimes. It's like, man, it just would be easier if I wasn't trying to be faithful to Jesus in my life. Um, and it's coming back to this place of like, do I actually trust that God's way is the, is the best way Yeah. is the most ultimately yeah. satisfying way is the most ultimately joy, joy giving, joy filling um, way. And, and if, and if that's what, so, so maybe, maybe some of you in your groups and discussions will discover you're really wrestling deep down with a, with a trust issue. Right. Right? Yeah. And I, and you would say, if I'm honest, I don't trust that, that the way of following Jesus is actually the most satisfying way to live. Yeah. And I would just say, man, praise God for the, the awareness of that and that you're able to be honest about that. And then, and then that's a great opportunity for people to walk alongside you in, in fighting for belief, um, that that is, that that is true. Yeah. It's good. Well put. Well, thanks everyone for listening to this week's episode of the B-Side Podcast and enjoy the rest of the week. We will see you next week, Sunday for worship. Uh, a reminder, as you have questions, uh, whether it's on the Sunday sermon or, or the series itself, at any time, always email myself or Matt. Uh, we love to include questions on the broadcast. So we look forward to seeing you next Sunday for worship. Enjoy the rest of the week. Yeah. Take care, everybody. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Sermon B-Side Podcast. For more resources and information about our church, visit www.LibertyHarrisburg.org. That's Liberty with an I, Harrisburg.org.